India Charts the truth about the markets India Charts publishes Nifty Daily daily video updates the weekly Elliott Wave outlook and the long shot report covering all asset classes Welcome everyone this is the third week of May several important events have gone us by like the Federal Reserve meeting last week the ECB's announcement on interest rates I've just published the weekend with India Charts episode 101 so if you have never really watched uh, the weekend with india charts i think it's a great learning exercise a discussion deep dive into how markets are behaving what are the different factors affecting it and how we should really view them and of course using charts to overlay everything from you know macro currencies dollar and how everything is you know playing around the uh, market direction so that's a good place to really start if you want to still uh, you know see a discussion live on uh, nifty snp gold usd nr currencies commodities then that's with forex analytics on 11th uh, that is thursday of this week 5:30 pm india time i would be doing a live webinar with uh, dale pinkert at forex analytics so they usually start at 5:30 most probably i should show up at 6 uh, they start with uh, their own market discussion and then uh it would be half an hour to 40 minutes discussion with me uh which you can you know watch out there so you need to register if you are uh, on the mailing list you've got the email from me if you are on twitter you can see the link over there and uh, if nothing else just go to the forex analytics website and register for their webinars and you'll start getting notifications about it so uh, that's what you'll need to do so those are the events to watch out for but never miss out on the weekend with india charts to update yourself on what is really happening around markets now having said that uh, what did we really get last week the fed raising rates giving signs and hopes that yes we are finally reaching the end of the road but of course uh, not being committal just like the rbi they were not committal the interesting part was the ecb really slowing down their rate hikes because ecb europe really has much higher rates of inflation than uh, the us us at least we've seen some drawdown in the inflation rate in europe we are still to see that drawdown the rates are much much higher and for them to really cut down on the pace of rate hikes from 50 basis points to 25 basis points to me is slightly surprising because i thought they would maintain that pace now probably they don't want the euro to strengthen too fast but the fact is uh, you out to be you know fighting that inflation animal in europe more than the us right now because uh, the difference between the real rate basically the difference between in, uh, inflation and the interest rate is far far wider and very wide in europe than Uh, the united states of america so that is the situation at the end of the week uh, but what really plagued markets because uh, you know the announcement of around the potential pause and maybe eventual reversal of us interest rates if not now maybe in 6 months is somewhat of a positive but markets were really worried about the us banking sector which has been impacted with by this fast pace of rate hikes especially when banks have mostly parked their money in treasuries at much lower yields so they actually looking at m2m losses but actually even that's not the problem because that was the svv problem right the real problem that is being touted right now is that well public uh, or in, uh, you know depositors are finally realizing that they are not getting high yields in the banks and they can actually move their money to money market funds or you know short term treasuries and get a much higher yield they can get 4 to 5% and that is sort of causing some kind of cash outflow from banks but again it's not like that one time big jump we saw which had to be funded after the svb collapse uh, when the fed really opened up its window we saw 2 300 billion dollars move out 
we are not really seeing that pace anymore but definitely uh, there was a chart floating around of uh, you know how much money is been going into money market funds and in two weeks around 100 billion dollars went there and so that is being cited as a reason uh, you know of stress for banking and that's showing up in probably some short term bond sales for liquidity which is why the one month bond yield actually jumped very very sharply over the week uh, and specifically on friday by 100 basis points which got cited as you know something is wrong in the system i guess it's essentially this that if people are moving money and who's moving money i mean it's not the small depositors they really need to keep funds for their uh, you know usual time to time expenses it's only somebody who has you know a much larger uh, investment profile has you know excess funds lying in the bank so basically large depositors which typically in a diversified bank would not be more than 10 15% of the total deposits those are the ones who are really moving money into higher yielding instruments and that has some impact on the bank's short term liquidity it's really doesn't doesn't impact the system as a whole because uh, what i think and this this is my view is that if you're really investing in a fund i mean it's like if i start investing in mutual funds as we tell most uh, you know investors in banks to do buy mutual funds buy stocks does that mean it's it's money going out of the bank and the bank is you know becoming cash deficient especially in a country like the united states where 65% or 60% of uh, you know savings are really allocated towards equity on a whole basis maybe not everybody has the same ratio but uh, for a country where equity participation is so high does that mean that money goes out of the banks and so similarly if you're saying money is going into a money market fund you're saying into treasuries or you know other corporate higher yielding debt you're essentially shifting money from one source to the other either it'll sit with the government in a bank somewhere or it'll sit with the corporate in a bank somewhere so money doesn't stay in the cloud it stays in a bank deposit one bank or the next bank and so definitely creates a problem for some banks if too much moves out of it but if it's a general transfer happening between banks the net impact won't be that 100 billion dollars that the money market funds are showing it may be much smaller at the banking level but having said that yeah there is some short term pressure which is showing up on the one month bond now that may elevate itself in fact when i look at the bank index which is the us uh, any of the us banking indices it does look like there's one last maybe wave structure wise fifth wave last panic sell off or last spike down before we can start some kind of a meaningful recovery in the banking sector what will cause that no idea there could be it could be anything it could be maybe one more bank pending to hit the wall that's already happened with a couple of banks and it's surely possible one more manages to get there before fed really pulls the switch on you know putting in place uh, some more barriers to that happening but the real thing uh, you know as i was listening to many interviews is that these bank runs are really based on fear because what drives banking banking is essentially driven by trust you know so if you trust the bank you put deposits there the bank lends it out and uh, if it lends it out well then really makes a return on that and uh, is in a good position to really repay the funds that it has to if at all but of course the basis of fractional reserve banking is that everybody will not withdraw their deposits at the same time and therefore if you have made several loans and you know given out credit Uh, that those credits can really hold on for a long period of time the only time you have a cash crunch is if too many deposits are withdrawn simultaneously so when would that happen only when you lose trust when you think that well i don't trust this bank i think they could get into trouble and you know a lot of money moves out and then suddenly there's a deposit shortfall but is that what is really happening if when people are just investing in other places they're not really fearing the bank 
they're simply looking for higher yield and money is moving about a bit and uh, when that happens uh, it's surely affecting some banks that were wrongly positioned financially and uh, you know probably took decisions to either uh, you know overexpose themselves somewhere in technical language we call that asset liability mismanagement of some kind and that really results in banks getting into trouble if they uh, do an asset liability mismatch is essentially when you have debits and credits of different time horizons you know for example if you have short term payments to make then for that you create uh, you do short term investments right you don't create long term investments to pay short term outflows uh, and that's sort of what happened with silicon valley bank where they were you know most of their securities were in long term h2m h2m and when uh, some of the large depositors which was their general deposit base withdrew money they had to sell long term bond holdings and book those losses on the uh, hold to maturity securities so that's an asset liability mismatch in the oldest language in finance and that's something that uh, the rbi or any financial regulator would always tell banks to manage i mean that's their main job on the finance side is uh, to manage the asset assets and liabilities and do that by matching the amounts that you might need based on the time horizon so one year securities with one year uh, you know demand and then you project what your demand would be longer term and you accordingly invest so if you have long term loans and you are invested in long term securities that sort of has a fair match on the both sides of the balance sheet so that's uh, that's just a generalization of how you manage assets and liabilities time horizons and that's what banks have to do so that they don't end up in this soup so yes if somebody has mismanaged that then this kind of a cash rotation can seriously bring out the bad banks versus the good banks and that's sort of what is happening so is there one more shoe to drop maybe it's visible on the charts it could just be if not one more shoe to drop it could be one more panic because what is really happening here is that short sellers have realized that there's an opportunity to make a killing by bringing down the banks like i said at the start this is a game of trust and you can actually end trust very very easily if you really speculate against the banks so if say a cartel of short sellers comes together and starts pulling down the bank stock price people in general watch that price and think something is wrong and they start uh, you know moving their funds around withdrawing deposits and that sort of has a cataclysmic effect on the bank itself so it's it you know the movement of its stock price sort of you know pushes it to the brink and can cause a bankruptcy even if there was no reason for anything bad to happen and that is uh, so that kind of a bear attack is something that you really need to save the banks from so if something like that is really happening which is also another you know potential outcome it's a speculation that's going on that yes a lot of the short sellers are finding an opportunity uh, to really sell to these banks and make a profit and that's something to guard against and now how are you going to guard against that when it looks like uh, such a big profit opportunity so well it's going to be a tough call uh, unless regulators step in and say boss no more short selling of banks actually somebody was messaging me that on our uh, comments on india charts insiders that you know there's there's a rumor floating around that they'd actually do that i don't know if they will but if they do that could be a blockage uh, for most such cases to happen simply on the back of uh, you know creating a fear uh, among depositors investors in the banks that something is wrong when actually nothing might be wrong and then forces a bank run or a closure when uh, nothing should have really happened in the normal routine of affairs so if that is true then surely taking such steps can help uh, you know end that problem for the time being so that's my take that's been the main fear i think uh, the banking sector in the us getting into trouble has been the fear in the inv- in investors minds and then how will that really impact markets now of course markets are smart 
and that is visible in the intermarket divergence that we see between the S&P and the banking index. So if you look at the Dow Jones bank index and you look at the Dow Jones industrials, one has been hitting 52-week lows since Feb March and again has done that in the last week and the other is not doing so. The S&P or the Dow or the Nasdaq, none of them are really making new lows when the bank index makes a new low and that shows put, uh, you know, relative strength in the front line in the broad market. Again, maybe not so much in the broad market because the Russell is also underperforming. But of course, it's not down there at new lows. But at the same time, it's not really uh, gone up as much as some of the uh, frontline indices. So in that sense, uh, the market doesn't completely believe what is happening here. But at the same time, till it is going on, it is creating fear in the minds of investors that something more unruly can show up at some point of time. And we are definitely scared. So that's uh, that's the, that's what's happening in a nutshell in global equity. Otherwise, uh, things seem to be smoothly moving out from what was an extreme pessimism situation in the month of March to uh, what's starting to look like a slow and steady recovery as far as the Indian stock market is concerned. So we have definitely seen the worst, uh, if I go by sentiment, the short positioning, the amount of puts being traded to calls and so many other sentiment measures which you'll be able to track on your own completely once you download Strike, which is our new software platform, going to be available in a couple of weeks, maybe even as early as two weeks. It will be available for all of you to download and start using and you'll be have access to all market data with proper charts and uh, you know really being able to scalp through information and news in a much better way than you are doing today across platforms. So that is our promise and that's what we have spent a lot of time and money building and you're going to see the first sites of that in, in, in the next two weeks. So what it shows is, like I said, extreme positioning from which we are recovering. A lot of the shorts have already been covered. In fact, FII shorts are down to zero and we don't really have much shorts left. But they are not at the other extreme, right? We've seen long positions build up to 60,000, 90,000 contracts in the last two years before we even get a near-term peak in the markets. And we are right now at just plus or minus 10,000, gyrating at that zero line. And so a long way to go. And the same is true even with the volumes of you know puts traded. It's reducing, but it's not even gone back below the overbought line. The reading this time was the highest on record. Uh, that's an all-time high as far as you know puts versus calls traded. Some of the impact of all this is also because of weekly options. You know, weekly options because they're traded every week, square up every week. The number of calls and puts that are being you know uh, written or bought and sold on a weekly basis has gone up exponentially. In US, you even have daily options. And so volumes there also have exploded and open interest has exploded, which sort of leads to these ratios getting skewed a little bit. But uh, even then, this was the highest rating on record, which means the most pessimistic extreme, even though markets did not fall that much. Uh, from that, we are beginning to recover. And we will have a long way you know, to go before we can actually get the opposite end of the extreme, which is when markets peak, what kind of a reading do we really have? And you can check that out on the strike charts once it is launched so and but it takes time so it's not something which will happen in two weeks that data will you know get to the bottom end of the range only several months later is my sense looking at history and so we are in what we what i'll call is a post panic extreme negativity recovery and a recovery doesn't always mean you know so so most people say okay yeah okay there were shorts so there's a short covering rally and so therefore it is a bear market rally well every bear market every bull market starts as a short covering rally you can go back to the bottom of covid 2020 if i had the max shorts we had to actually put a ban on further short sales and even six months later all the way into june of 2020 when there were no short positions by fis 
the nifty futures were trading at a discount of 20 points 30 points which means somewhere in the system there were shorts if not fi somebody else uh, maybe the client side maybe individual investors and so on and that continued to drive the move so it, it's something that takes a prolonged period of time to change even though it was like i said that start of the bull run from 6 7000 to 8000 9000 was still on the short side eventually after 10000 you started to see the bullish trade actually play out more from a positive perspective it was no more about short covering but improvement in the underlying economy and of course data took its own time so there was a long lag between data and the markets and this is the, this is the thing to really understand because there's a lot of data floating around you know global equities and so on the slowdown but many of these data points are at the extreme negative which is typically seen at market bottoms and even then uh, people are waiting for the fallout of that data to result in something like further recession or a, or one more calamity one more shoe to drop one more panic crash uh, when the data is already at the bottom end and there's no more n- nothing worse that you can do do to the data now of course there are other data points which you might feel like labor right that's become the central watching point that oh that's really not weakened and therefore that will be the one that will uh, cause everything to fall apart now uh, like i said data for its own reasons because of the way the economy is being managed is not behaving in the way it would have behaved in previous cycles it didn't do that in 2020-21 so why are we expecting that to do so in 2023 so data can be tricky what you really look at is the sentiment and market setup the momentum and all of that has really shifted from the negative side to the positive side in this month and so that's the most important thing to pay attention to that the momentum is changing when in us equities i think the last hurdle which we'll see if we can cross in the month of may is going to be the 20 month average because you know previous bear markets could not really get past that level and even though the monthly momentum indicator the rmi the rohit momentum indicator has turned bullish we still have to cross the 20 month average as a final confirmation that the recovery in us equities is uh, slightly more long lasting but time wise it's definitely you know run out of time i mean in this much time the markets would have halved or more in 2008 or in in 2000 and we've really not done that we've started a recovery uh, given the time spent uh, in the decline last year so a lot of reasons to really think about you know why things are improving from here and could get better in india of course we we're spending a lot more 30% more on the capex side which is why the capex cycle is strong in india and you can see capital goods sector stocks really doing very very well and also you know the new favorite defense uh, doing very well and so on so many sectors doing well many stocks doing well the indices uh, have just you know moved around on what is happening in particular sectors like for example it one of the major leaders and large part of the indices was really taking a big hit all of last year and even now is to show a meaningful recovery until that happens i think that that can be a sector that can keep you on the negative side of things but do you really have to then focus on one sector when there are so many where something is happening and so that's going to be this is going to really be a true bottom pickers uh, you know market uh, where if you've done the right top bottom up uh, picking then you do extremely well which means small and mid cap stocks i think are back into uh, positive performance cycles that's the place where you'll get the biggest moves uh, most of the correction in individual stocks looks like done even the ones that have been beaten down a lot have started to rally impulsively so my sense is that situation is improving you just need to pick the right things is is what it's really going to be all about in short what i'm really talking about here is that uh, we are looking at a much better market things are improving most of the negatives are getting priced in discounted along the way there are a few more things left i think they will be done by the end of this month and we'll have a very clear picture going forward having said that i am 
trying to work on getting the long shot report the next long shot report out if you haven't the read read the one that i wrote in march 14th of march was the last one i published where i only covered equity usually i cover most asset classes which i'll try to do this time more than i did the last but that was important because the timing was key over there that you know you're getting to the end of the equity selling cycle now it's going to look at the entire picture how it's evolving and what will really drive the market for the next 6 to 9 months all the way into the end of 2023 which is how i think it's going to unfold and what are going to be the driving factors so we'll get into all of that and so look forward to the next uh, long shot report and with that i think i'll uh, end today's podcast and see you all next time thank you Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.